I know, I, try to, I like to try to be, to remain a little, little reclusive, a little reclusive, and not be just, and be out there, you know, just to, you know, to be, to be brought up and to be brought down, you know, like they do to, do to most of them. I pray your preferences are only due to taste rather than hate, and your disregard for the sweetest juices because you don't have the sweetest tooth. But don't you dare put these black queens down when you were raised up by one. These queens mirror your mothers, aunties, grandmas, sisters, cousins, and nieces. So how is it your love all of a sudden ceases for a black girl? When they need more compassion and love than ever. Because the world portrays every other type of woman as above and better. And you add fuel to the fire with your ignorance attire. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Blank Canvas podcast proudly presents to you chapter one. So yeah, we are finally here um, after weeks, months of deliberation, tweets, videos, trial runs, phone calls, hooking up with people. Uh, we finally got here. This is the first ever episode of the Blank Canvas podcast, a project put together by me, Nathan Tuft, aka Nats, uh, but also involving a whole ton of people which over the next coming months you'll understand kind of what's going on behind the scenes and all the people that i'm trying to bring through support the podcast so the first so i guess the first question is what is blank canvas well blank canvas can mean a lot of different things to different people hence why i chose the name because as you'll see throughout the next coming months the different guests that we're going to be having to sit down for our sit down interviews range from a variety of different people you know we've got music people uh, whether that be artists or prs we've got other journalists and writers like myself we've got uh painters we've got artists we've got a whole heap of creative people that i really wanted to kind of take the time with and sit down uh, and really kind of ask those questions that maybe we don't get to hear so if there's anyone that you feel should be involved or you'd like to get involved please get involved with the hashtag at hashtag blank canvas please or come hit me up on twitter at nats underscore ao Okay, so let's get the ball rolling with chapter one. Today we've got a packed show. Uh, our sit-down interview is with dancehall artist Gudded, uh, and I sat down with him uh, in his car, as you may be able to take uh, from the recording. Uh, but we sat down, we talked about his roots in Jamaica, uh, the impact of dancehall music in the UK over the past year, and where he sees the future of dancehall in the UK coming. Uh, we thought we're going to get our regular segments up and going uh, So I sat down with Dobby from Represent Radio To run through the UK news Touching on everything from award shows to Honey G uh, And we sat down with Ola uh, To go through a few problems in our regular segment Where people get to post their dilemmas And we try our best to offer advice So, let's get the show on the road <laughs> So we're back with a new section for the show, obviously first edition, uh, myself, Nat, sitting down with Dobby, obviously uh, represent radio show every Tuesday, wealth of knowledge, and she has agreed to sit down with me every fortnight and discuss the hot topics from the UK scene. So, Dobby, kick us off, man. Hi. Um, so I think we should kind of start off with the award show that was everywhere on the timeline that no one could stop talking about the mobile awards so it was the 21st mobile awards up in glasgow in scotland and i actually didn't watch the ceremony myself um but i think it's safe to say that you didn't really need to because twitter was alive wild wild it was it was there was so much going on but i think we first need to touch up upon the um whole abracadabra western mix-up so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about uh, what had happened was um, Abracadabra with Captain Conan got nominated for Best Song with the Robbery Remix. And I think Western were in the same category as well. And basically, the Robbery Remix had won, but Western got announced as the winners. So, so it caused a whole lot of confusion, a whole lot of awkwardness. Western went up stage and accepted the award, made a whole acceptance speech. Uh, Crepton Conan and Abracadabra looked very confused. And what had happened was is the poor host, Ricky and Melvin, had to go back up on stage and retract the award and apologise because it was actually Abracadabra who had won. Um, very, very awkward. Um, and it caused a lot of 
people to start questioning the mobos and questioning, you know, it's in its 21st year. How can a major mix-up like this really happen? It's um, shocking. I think it's shocking. Yeah. But in the same breath, I can kind of understand, you know, it's it's a huge show. It's been around for 21 years. It's kind of like, you know, it, it was the first awards of its kind. And, you know, these things happen. It's a live show. What, 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 what do you think, obviously, obviously, the backlash on Twitter was crazy. Uh, and it one was. of the kind of the, the big talking points of coming out of it was people saying, obviously, GRM had the rated awards mm-hmm. not so long ago. And everyone was saying that this just means that, you know, it could be, you know, the decline of the mobiles and the rise of the rated awards. How do you I, think that that looks in terms of obviously? Do are we now looking for the rated awards for kind of that more validity? And obviously, they, there wasn't that those kind of mistakes at the rated awards. Yeah, I mean, I actually watched this year's rated awards, and I was at the very first one um, that they had uh, last year as well. Um, and I must admit, I was pretty impressed. I do think with a bigger budget, as I believe that they will get after the success of this year's one. Um, that they'll be able to grow more and the mistakes that kind of happened with this year's uh, rated awards will be able to, you know, be kind of like smoothed over, if that makes sense. Um, But I've had a lot of discussions with people about this and, you know, there's a lot of sort of like people being like, well, you know, they can both exist, they can both be there, they can both be successful. But it, it will come to a point where it's like, okay, will GRM be on TV? Will What's going to happen to the mobos if that happens? There's a lot of questions that go on. You know, can we can we have two? Is that possible? Um, so I feel like it's a very interesting time, and I do feel like the pressure is on GRM now to kind of like up the levels. Um, and I do think that it's really interesting that a lot of the – more relevant artists like Skepta, um, Six Seven, and all of that were actually at the Rated Awards. Where at the Mobos, they weren't really that present. No, I, I definitely felt well. I was there at the Rated Awards this year. Fantastic, mm. you know, a few rolls back, and you had so many great people in the crowd. Yeah, you had Skepta, Tiny Temple was there, Gigs was there, Kano was there, Getz was there, and it just felt like a lot more of a homegrown environment and it kind yeah. of it felt a lot more natural whereas I think the mobiles in the past few years there has been that sort of controversy about are they representing elements of grime and, and urban music and I felt maybe this year it was a bit too forced you know these sort of yeah. performances with Becky and Section Boys and Sneak Bow I, I don't know how, how natural it came across whereas the Rated Awards it seemed a lot more like they wanted to be there do you know what I mean there was that element of kind of yeah. Being proud to be part of the Rate Awards. Where I don't know, I know Mobos has got that fantastic sort of legacy and what it's got in its 21 years, but I think people are looking to it now and maybe not respecting it and kind of not valuing it as much as maybe a Rated Award. And maybe this may even lead to sort of other companies, industries coming together and put, putting on award shows, which I think is good yeah. and hopefully, you know, promote the scene. But I think, it, I think it's opened a lot of doors. I think it's, it's, it, the possibilities are endless now. Yeah, 100%. And I think picking up on the point that you made about the MOBOs is like it did feel very forced. And a lot of the talent that we did see rise this year, such as Ray Black, such as Neo, such as Little Sims, um, you know, they, and Koji Radical as well, like they got nominated, but, you know, they weren't really represented at the MOBOs. They didn't feel real. And I remember going on Twitter and having a real rant because that's my theme, the alternative hip-hop and R&B scene is um, what I do and what I promote and what I push. And it was very frustrating for us. Like, we felt like we had no voice um, and that we were kind of being misrepresented in a way because, you know, it just it just all seemed a bit forced on, you know, grime is the only UK homegrown and, you know, that's what we got to support and um, from the MOBO side. But, it, again, as you said, it did all feel very forced, whereas I feel like the rated awards it's very much like everyone's there, everyone's supportive of each other, everyone wants to be in that room, whereas I feel like, you know, the MOBOs, it's kind of like, you know, we, we have to go because the label has said that we have to go. Yeah, I think, I think whereas, whereas the rated awards are more awards for 
singular artists and artists going up to set doors. I feel the MOBOs is always going to be a sort of industry event, you know what I mean? It's for, yeah. It's for all the big heads to come together and, you know, put on the act and say, well done, you know, pat on the back. But I just don't know how much celebrated. It will be interesting to see where the future goes for the MOBOs, rated awards and or any others that kind of want to pop up. But I think, I think it should be quite interesting to see what happens. Definitely. It's in an interesting space. Um, so shall we move on to the uh, second topic? Of Let's the- go for it. Um, X Factor and Honey G, we have to go there. <laughs> we have honey, to. Honey, Honey G. When I say Honey, you say G. Honey. Maybe not. Maybe not. No, G. Yeah. <laughs> well, kind of. Um, I mean, this is again, it's something that has kind of brought the timeline alive. I mean, every Saturday, I always see something on it. There's always a new think piece on it, and you know, I. I'm kind of on the, you know, not the Honeygee haters, I'd say I'm, I'm more on the critical side of Honeygee. Um, I feel like, you know, X Factor is renowned for every year producing this novelty act. And, you know, it's always been in, in the fun of pop and I can get with it because, you know, sometimes we do have those fun pop novelty acts. I mean, look at the Cheeky Girls, look at Jedward, you know, they they've always been there and they've always up to being pop and not mocking anyone as such but with Honey G, G I do feel like a line has been crossed um, so Honey G is um, a white rapper I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with white rappers we we do have some really great white rappers look at Mac Miller look at Eminem but where the line has been crossed is treating hip-hop a legitimate art form that was born out of struggle and frustration in 1970s New York, um, being used as sort of like a, ha-ha, look at this, look at this um, funny woman rapping and, you know, putting on the, the hat and the sunglasses and jumping around and this is what hip-hop looks like now. That's what I don't agree with. I, it makes me feel very uncomfortable watching her um, and speaking in, the sort of like I'm using inverted commas, um, the sort of like slang and saying North Weezy and stuff like that. I've never heard anyone from Northwest London refer to Northwest London as North Weezy. You've never heard North Weezy? No. I've what? Not, no. Not, to be honest, just, North Weezy. North Weezy is, to be honest, I haven't heard it. When, when, when she first said it in an audition, it, it kind of took me back. There was a song. It was a going back seven or eight years now, classic grime tune called North Weezy. Mm. That that was the only real time I'd heard of it. So that I, I even put out on Twitter a week ago that if Honey G wins, her winner shingle should be North Weezy. And if she really <laughs> wants to put on North Weezy, put on these acts. Do you know what I mean? There's people that have been repping yeah. North Weezy a long time since she's been doing it. D&D, yeah. Flirty D, a lot of people that have been doing it. And I don't know. I'm so, I, I do sort of remain on the fence with Honey G. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, great white rappers. I saw Professor Green, um, he's kind of come out on a few talk shows and kind of talked about his disdain toward Honey G. Um, I think he's coming it from the space of, you know, if if she was a, a genuine, again, in inverted commas, rapper, she would, you know, write her own lyrics, there'd be a bit of emotion. You know, if you remember Misha yeah. B a few years ago, you know, when she used to kind of put raps on her songs, they were heartfelt, they were her own, yeah. and it felt real. Whereas with Honey G, I do understand the novelty act, you know, I think with X Factor and the sort of show that it is, you're always going to get that sort of laughable character. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I think, I, think, I think a lot of people have taken it to the point where, you know, she says she's making a joke out of rap music. And it, to some extent she is, but then I believe that there's a lot of people out there that are making rap music. And this is not a diss, and if you ever hear, you know, someone like KSI, to me, does the same thing, you know. He, he does. He, and I, he, I, he's a joke, really. Yeah, and I completely disagree with the whole KSI notion as well. I feel like that's the record labels and someone who is an opportuni- opportunist and doesn't really care about music or the art form, but is just looking for ways to get money. And again, the label who looks after him, look, looking for ways to get money. It's, it's, um, it's a shame, really. And I completely agree with... Professor, uh, Professor Green's viewpoint of if she was a genuine, genuine rapper, she would be trying to, you know, put her own spin on things, write her own lyrics. Um, and again, bringing up Misha B, she she did that a couple of years ago and she did it and 
she killed like she killed it. She, she did. did amazingly. Like um and I, I don't know, there's something about Honeydew that makes me feel a bit uneasy in the whole sort of like way that it's mimicked with I, I think I saw one week where they were like doing this competition of like mummy G or um Yeah, it's like people yeah. dressing up as her and stuff. Yeah, it just makes me feel a bit uneasy. But to me, I don't know, the way obviously, you know, for anyone that does watch the X Factor, they, they, they do gear a lot of their sort of promotion material and a lot of, I think a lot of the budget goes on Honey G. You know, every yeah. week she seems to be coming from the backstage and fireworks coming out of everywhere. She's always got some sort of shiny outfit. And like I said, they've got this own section where people dress up. There. For me, it's like they're gearing her up to be the winner. Yeah. And if she does win, I, I, I don't know how the sort of public will take that. I think a lot of people have thought it was funny, it was good, but how far can she go? To me personally, I'd like to see how far she goes, but I know a lot of people are kind of using the viewpoint of she's taking a, a credible person's place, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. And I think the, the huge shock of it all came down to when Gifty, <laughs> a legit, like a singer who was a powerhouse and was um was just so forthcoming with her talent was um was evicted I suppose is is that what they call I don't know it, what they call it, it. Like dropped um, off voted off something like that yeah ejected I don't know but um yeah so anyway she got voted off um in and Honey G got through and it's just like okay how many talented acts are we going to lose to this people who can have credible careers and you know, care about the music essentially. Uh, I don't. I, I think. I think. I think. Like I said, I think every Saturday it divides opinions. You know, I've read credible articles, articles in the Guardian and things like that. You know, people are saying how she's, she, you know, she is a modern day, you know, blackface. You know, she's mm. kind of mocking the culture and mm-hmm. sort of things like that. I, I, I genuinely think her colour shouldn't come into it. Whether she's mm. white or black, I don't. You know, think that that is an issue. I think yeah. the issue comes with what she's doing with the what she's doing with her place and you know she's covering vanilla rice and she's covering crisscross and it, it for me I'm I'm fascinated I just want to see where it goes and if she does win I'd love to see what the winner's single is but yeah, yeah I think I think it, I think it is just something that's divided opinion it has and you know another thing that divided opinion um last year but this sort of um, award show has now taken steps to kind of rectify it was the Brit Awards which is our last talking point um, so um, at the time of recording yesterday um, it got announced that the Brit Awards was um, changing its whole voting system um, due to the backlash that it received last year with the hashtag Brit So White um, now this backlash came after last year's nominations um, just seemed to be very sort of like forthcoming um, with sort of the more sort of like pop side of it was a whitewashing yeah white essentially washing. essentially and you know there, there was no recognition of Stormzy there was no recognition of you know people who had released singles within the voting sort of like period to be nominated um, they just weren't recognised at all. Um, so it it comes out yesterday that um, the Brit Awards have now changed their voting system to include more people from a, a BAME background, so black and ethnic minority backgrounds, um, and also to include more women as well, because I also felt with last year's nominations it was very male-heavy as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting move from the Brits part, but I'm I'm kind of glad that they're taking steps to recognise where they failed last year and to try and you know make sure that moving forward that they're inclusive of everyone in this industry. I I, I think it's it's a it's a very uh, interesting topic. I think obviously I think last year. I remember doing a podcast last year and we were talking about the topic when it was relevant, when the nominations got announced. And it was mm-hmm. shocking the amount of people that just weren't recognised. You know, people yeah. that had such great years, you know, Rich 32, Stormzy, Skepta, no one was recognised. And yeah. I think, obviously, over the period of 2016, we've seen a massive change. 
you know, we've seen people like Skepta win the Mercury Music Prize. We've seen, obviously, the Mobos, the Rated Awards, the amount of different things that our acts can do. And I, I, I think as, as bad as it sounds, you know, we can, all, we can all commend the Brits and say, fantastic, but where was this last year? Where was this the year before? It, yeah. You know, it, it's, just, it's, it's a shame that it took Stormzy having to name drop the Brits in his one-take freestyle for something like this to happen. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of... It, 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 it's, it's a great move, and hopefully, like I said, it will really recognise all the kind of great talent that we've got. Um, but, yeah, it's just, you know, another... It's just another wake-up call that maybe we're not as diverse in the music scene as we believe that we are. Yeah, and I, I feel like, essentially, because we... Because, you know, we, we both live in London, we both come from diverse backgrounds, that it's easy to get wrapped up in this bubble within our own music industry within London that it's so diverse, when actually it isn't. And as you said, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Where was it last year? Where was it the year before? I remember writing a really angry blog piece, um, not last year, the year before, um, being, you, you know, where is the representation? Why wasn't FK Twigs nominated? Where was Leanne Le Habit? Um, you know, they just weren't recognised at all in favour of the likes of Sam Smith and Adele, who, of course, are doing great, but, you know, they are everywhere. They don't need to be represented as such. Um, and, you know, as you said, it shouldn't have taken Stormzy name-dropping the Brits in his one-track video to get to this point. But I I do hope that, you know, the Brits, you know, have recognised their mistakes and they are going to be inclusive and they don't take it as an opportunity to kind of capitalise off of the culture, if that makes sense. Kind of like the MOBOs have done in the last few years. Yeah, exactly, because there, there is always that possibility. It's kind of one extreme to the other, isn't it? It's kind of yeah. not representing at all and then over-representing and kind of, maybe kind of making a bit of a novelty of it as well. Yeah. So it's just it's just like there has to be that balance which I hope that the new voting panel can strike if that if if it's if it's possible. Well, in terms of you, who who do you think kind of deserves that sort of heads up and nomination at this year's Brits? Ooh. I think definitely Kano and Skepta. Um again dropped very credible top 10 albums mm. um i um i do you know what i'd love to see gigs up there as well but i feel like i might be reaching for the stars again he did amazingly with um the landlord and it was a real body of work um i'd also i'd really love to see neo up there um Definitely. she's had a fantastic year um with her album for all we know um, she's travelled all across the globe and, you know, she's one of my favourite singers, so to see her nominated would just be a dream. Um, and who else would I like to see? I'd, I'd like to see Ray Black up there for um, Best Newcomer. I think that'd be good. And again, that would sort of cap off the fantastic year that she's had in terms yeah. of being recognised at a lot of awards. I know she was kind of, she was, she was definitely nominated for MOBOs and in terms of the rated awards as well. So hopefully the Brits will recognise the sort of what she's done in such a short space of time exactly and you know the the mini album uh, is an incredible piece of work incredible storytelling and um, she hits every note perfectly i mean she's been on jill's holland this year uh, and you know just to see her really tell her story tell her background you know it's it's incredible and i just feel like she really deserves it right black well, I, I believe that every well, I, we we all know out there who deserves it, and hopefully the kind of Brits with this sort of new voting system, um, kind of representing a lot more diverse culture and gender as well, which again is a good point that you picked up on. Fingers crossed, uh, we will see some results. Hopefully, hopefully. hopefully thank you hopefully. so much for. Well, thank you very much. You, I, I feel like you've brought me very negative news this this week. It's, it's all been. Oh. I feel like quite depressed after all of this. Sorry, hopefully I'll bring um, bring some positive. Bring some positive vibes. Positive, yes. No, I am a positive person. Don't get me wrong, but you know, within working with this industry, you know, got to keep it real. We got to keep. Yeah, it real. we do, and we got. We got. If we got to call out something, let's call it out. And let's not be shy. Let's not be shy. Yeah. All right, then, Dobby. Until next time. Till next time, Matt. Thank you. Peace. Bye.
get shot as a moral model The gallus uncles who done the dirt on my cousins Ma, but some decent daddies just couldn't say truth I got friends who were meeting ends In the office flexing all day in suits Throw on trackies then touch the road Just to scheme on girls as they build up suits Nats with the main man Godhead Godhead what's good? Everything's good, everything's good, Nats. How you doing, bro? Not too bad, my G, not too bad. So let's take it back to the very beginning, man. What made you want to get into music? Um, loads of things, just music, really. Just making up rhymes, singing people's songs. Inspired me from young, you know? Brothers and friends making rhymes and, yeah. Always watch the dancehall artists and would like to be like them, you know? Can you, remember the first, can you remember the first track you ever heard and you thought, fuck it, I want to do this, man. I want to take this seriously. Um, I can't remember the artist. But I can't remember the song, though. But it's stuck in my head. <laughs> you <laughs> didn't remember it that much. Is. I do remember it, but, you know, it was um, uh, a man called Papa San. He made this song, you know what I mean? And everyone loved it. And we used to just sing it and rehearse it and all them things. Yeah, it just made me wanted to do music feel like I could do it, you know? Mm. So in terms of you doing music, you're like, what, three mixtapes deep right now? You've been doing it... How long would you say you've actively been doing music, like, actually as an artist? I don't know, about six years or so. Six years. And over those six years, how do you think you've changed as an artist? I changed because the time changed in it, dance hall, you know, like... The, the pace change, the tempo of the tracks, the fast lyrics become slow now and singing from like a back in the days cartel to a nowadays Mavado or nowadays popcorn. It's like singing, isn't it? Sing J, if I could say that. Sing J. So you have to. Yeah. Or Sing J. Yeah, the, the whole thing slowed down in it. So I've changed because I'm a fast kind of. Do, do, do you change? Because you know that's what people are going to listen to. What what, what do you think is the big reason for change? Because you think that's what's going to be more sort of marketable to the sort of people that are listening. Um, it, it it it's not really say I changed. Dancehall has changed, didn't it? So, so you've had sort of gone with the times. Dancehall is a current music in it, so you kind of change with the times. Dancehall. It's current. What's hot this month is not hot two months from now. You know what I mean? Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. In terms of dancehall then, let's talk about dancehall Because obviously over the last maybe 12 to 18 months Dancehall's had a sort of revival Especially within the sort of mainstream You know, we've got people that are kind of You know, dancehall artists that are doing it Movado, Popcorn, sort of ones you mentioned before But it's also getting incorporated into like pop songs and stuff like that How do you feel as someone that really At the core of their music is dancehall How do you sort of take to that sort of other artist Sort of taking the sounds and things like that well, I think it's it's fine as long as you give due to what whoever whatever is due to basically give rights to whosoever's owned the I don't know the 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 the, the soundtracks that they got it from basically. Do you think that that's happening? Do you think that the Jews are being paid? I think the Jews are being paid, but not like featured credits. There's no featured credits sometimes. For a lot of the artists but they probably do get um royalties of using their sample or something but there's no feature credit and feature credit goes a long way you know and what about feature. and what about sort of uk artists you know off the top of my head i can think of section boys uh, and skepta that you're kind of you know are using the sort of patois slang and sort of incorporating that into their bars do you take that as a sort of a diss that people are using the, the sort of patois slang or do you just think that it's, it's just marketable now so people are going to do it I think it's marketable people are going to do it but I do take it away because then um, they do not accept um, put it this way um, on the global scale where alright the platform that Skepta's music played on like them big radio station or whatsoever yeah. that played these songs them stations do not play the raw dance or the raw bashment so they are kind of gaining off what we're not gaining which is this it's our tongue basically you know what i mean so that 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 does seem a way but it, it's it's part of everyone wants to speak like so, so it's, it's sort of coming that way where it's getting accepted 
but it's getting accepted by maybe not the artists that are actually originally doing it. It's sort of being endorsed by other artists. Yeah, that. it's not. It, the, the Jamaicans are not accepted. If you want to say that, that might the real Jamaicans. That might be a deep <laughs> statement, but yeah, the real Jamaicans. The and other look, ones are more. Yeah. And looking at sort of Jamaican music, I know uh, I just seen in the paper this weekend that Carla is doing a documentary. He's gone back to Jamaica and sort of looked at the roots of Jamaica, and he sort of said that now. After maybe seven or eight years of dancehall music, we're going back to sort of roots reggae. You know, we got Chronics, we got Protege. They're sort of bringing it back to those seventies, eighties vibes. Do you believe coming from Jamaica and sort of having your ear to the Jamaican scene that you think it is going back to that sort of roots way now with a lot of artists? It's been it's been there over the years. It's not like going back because through every era, there's always roots there. You know, before Chronics, there was still there was people like. Fantan Mojo, a lot of people probably don't even know that name. It's an ex Rasta man, so there's always a, a set of Rasta artists that always comes along. And Chronix was just like Chronix Protege, and them one just fall in place. So it, it, it's always going on. There's always them culture people holding up the, the roots side, the sort of roots side. So you, so you believe that both elements are still quite alive the dancehall side and the roots reggae, they're both sort of still quite alive in the scene. Yeah, they're still alive, yeah. So for you. I kind of represent a UK dancehall. Where do you see UK dancehall going over the next, let's say, two years? Where do you see UK dancehall going from here? I see UK dancehall could could blow from here, could be big in the UK. But what I think it needs is like, you know, like the Skepta would use our style, but he's still like spitting more English people could understand, wishing the Jamaican way or the Yardie way or the dancehall way. A lot of people don't understand what you're saying so that's where you have to break it down so everyone can understand what you're saying and i think it can work okay yeah and and what, what what's your role within that you as a dancer wise what's your role within bringing uk dancer over the next couple of years my role my role is to do some music like what i'm trying to show, say to you that um they need these kind of crossover kind of music where everyone can understand not just some just some raw patwa that they don't fully understand. Mm. So yeah, my role is to make music like that and produce music to make the UK dancehall have a scene, if that makes sense. Apart from you, who, who would you sort of shout out saying that we should listen to within the UK dancehall? Maybe not within the UK dance, just within dancehall, maybe that we don't know, maybe the listeners out there don't know. Who do you think that we should be listening to? Like I so said, maybe the names that aren't so quickly associated with the scene. Listen to Godhead. Self-promotion, self-promotion. And, and listen to Gadded and my friend Balabella. Yeah. Balabella. But what's artist. he doing? What's he doing? Dance all as well. Okay, from the UK? Yeah, UK. Okay, and what sort of vibes are you coming on? He's on a dancehall vibe as well. Okay. Dancehall reggae vibe. So we should be listening to him? Yeah, you're gonna hear some Gadded production with Balabella. So you're gonna be working together soon, that's what yeah. we wanna hear. Yeah, big big artist, big artist. Who for you would you say, like you said, you, you talked about those different eras, you talked about different generations of artists, yeah? If you can name top four, I know it's a dodgy number, we usually go three or five, I'm gonna say four. What four artists do you say, if they were the only dancer artists you listen to, these are the four artists to listen to? Without saying yourself, <laughs> obviously. Sizzler, <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Sizzler. Bounty Killer, Beady Man, and Vibes, Vibes Cartel. Who? <laughs> Sizzler, Bounty Killer, Beady Man, Vibes Cartel, Movado, yeah. They're, they're the top four for you. Another element of the sort of Jamaican slash dancehall culture that's been utilized in a more mainstream audience is this idea of sound system clashes. Obviously, one of the big things that we've had in the UK over the last, I think it's 12 years now, or maybe eight years, we've had the Red Bull culture clash. You yeah. know, it's brought together different sound systems from Jamaica to Europe to England to America when Taylor Gang and that got involved. How do you feel that? Because obviously the Jamaican ones, apart from this year, obviously Mix Pack killed it. Popcorn was a big endorsement on that. But until this year, the Jamaican sound systems haven't really been representing at these. And you think they would? You think they've sort of had that bit of home advantage? Why do you think that they haven't 
And why do you think Mixpack did so well? Did did that did so well this year? I, I I believe this year Mixpack did so well because of the current artists like Popcorn and Spice. They they represented in it because they they like put it this way. They're hot artists at the time of the clash. All the time before when there was Stone Love last time, they never had like an art artist at the time mm. to promote. To, to be there You know what I mean So is that sort of Personal in, endorsement By Popcorn Yeah which is a good e Endorsement one. by Popcorn And Having the Drake Dog Is a big and, one as well And all these things You know what I mean Yeah Popcorn's doing well Yeah Big up Popcorn mm -hmm. Obviously Popcorn again is he, He's putting on A lot of UK artists You know We've seen Popcorn Collaborate with Sneakball He's collaborated with Black the Ripper in the past He's worked with a lot Of UK artists Do you think that we need To see more of that More of And obviously Protégé did the one With Coco like we're seeing a lot of UK artists reaching out to these Jamaican artists to get that sort of endorsement, which kind of has a bit of cross genre. Make sure they have success in Jamaica, but then has success in the UK as well. Do you believe we need to see more of that? More of sort of that collaboration yeah, you need to between see artists. More and you will see more. It's good for business. Mm. Yeah, you will see more. It's good for business with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the the Jamaican artists. You think it's better for the Jamaican artists? Yeah. So they can sort of tap into that UK. Yeah, because. Because that, that market is like grime market, in it. Mm. Even though they do little bashment, if bashment artists get on the grime, it, it will be good. You know what I mean? They get more fan base mm. and more stuff like that. Probably even more shows. Yeah, know? well, I think... Invited to different kind of shows that they would normally be booked for. Oh, yeah, well... Instead of like a reggae solely show, you're going there, you probably get a chance to go to other shows because mm. of these collabs, so it's good. And these other artists could come to Jamaica and do other shows and get fans as well. So it's good for everyone. Yeah, it's good business. So someone I know, I know. Obviously, the people that don't know, we 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 go we go a long way back. And I know, in terms of your music, you send a lot of your music back to Jamaica. Yeah. Your big thing is that you want to get it spun on sort of Jamaican radio stations as well. Yeah. How have you found the sort of two industries, the sort of UK industry in terms of getting your music out there, and then the Jamaican industry? How how do they differ? Well, they, 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 um... Is it easier back home? No, I wouldn't say it's easier. It's more competitive back home because you have more dancehall artists doing stuff. But a big part of it is money, to be really honest with you, you know? Money can get you... Uh, links and money, that's the, that's the thing that gets you through in music. If you don't know someone... It's about who you, you know. Have, that's that's what people know always saying. It's about who you know. And you have to have money to do your projects and do your work and do get them done properly and all these stuff. But Jamaica is a competitive place. When when I send my music there, it gets listened, but it doesn't get much radio play because it's a thing where it, it's so many and probably this DJ in Jamaica that you send it to, he don't know you. Okay. He's probably got 10 artists that he does know And he don't even play them Because You know what I mean So you have to have a, a good song A good product for them to listen to as well Yeah If it sounds good They'll they'll work with it Or if you're sponsoring the song to play Or you've got a marketing strategy you okay. set up You know Money You know what I mean Well you touched on that as well And as well as being a, a music artist I think you'd consider yourself a bit of a businessman a bit of an entrepreneur. Over the next 12 months, where do you see the Godhead? Because I know Godhead Fuse is not just the name, innit? it's a bit of a franchise. It's a business thing. It's obviously GHP, which is Godhead Productions, which is kind of really marketing all the music. Yeah. Where, what, what do you see in the next 12 months? Where do you see the sort of name going? I see the name going big. There's a lot of things that had to be put back through different circumstances. But GHP is going to be big, you know what I mean? It's not just... Like the name, like you say, it's the company, it's the merchandise because there's merchandise on the way, you know what I mean? There is Soon come. There is T shirt and and hat for starters, you know what I mean? And female tops and male tops and yeah. I'm gonna make a video about that as well. I've got a song in the making of you know what I mean, just like launching everything because it's not launched properly even though I have put out some song. Need to launch it properly. And so for you, so for you, it's actually a bit bigger than the music. It's about creating a sort of brand and a sort of that people yeah. can associate. Yeah, 
yeah Gadet is 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 my name it's my company name it's it's the brand it's a lifestyle yeah it's the whole works I like that I like GHP that. yeah and for, and for people and for people that want to kind of listen to more of you what have you got coming out next are we are we dropping singles next projects next EPs next what's next for you music wise um, I got projects working on working on projects putting out myself putting out other artists and videos for the projects I got singles got loads of singles working on but I'm trying to put the project out first and then singles after the project so, so you're going with a project first and then dropping singles concurrently yeah. off the project yeah and in terms of socials where, where can people find you in terms of social media where, where's the best place to find you um, you can find me Facebook is what Lyrical Guns Instagram Gadded YouTube Gadded yeah you find me there got a lot of links we'll put them all, we'll put them all in yeah, the description yeah, don't yeah. watch that but well, just Google it, Gadet, G-A-D-H-E-A-D. -A -A Google it. And you find me, Gadet. Tell them, tell them. Well, it's been Google a pleasure as always, bro. Find me. Uh, if you got one message to kind of walk away from, what would it be? One message to end it. L-O-E. Life over everything, Gadet. Good. I thought you were going to do the noise now. <laughs> We're not getting the noise today. You don't want to drop the noise for me. <laughs> Bang. Set. See, I drop stars upon stars. I get wild, I get wild. She went digging the boy, but now she's digging my smile. Cause she saw me up on complex, now it's so complex. Clap, you never need to to get that bomb set. Fire in the beach. Okay, so we finally got some time. It seems to be long awaited recording time with Ola. How are you doing? I am good. How are you, Nathan? I know. It, 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 seems, it seems like we've been dodging each other. We've been going back and forth for a couple of weeks now, but we've finally taken the time, get recording. And, finally, uh, finally. Finally, finally. Well, obviously, you know, good things come to those who wait, so uh, it all makes sense in the end. So, um, for everyone out there, Ola's going to be joining us on every show. Uh, with I'm going to be posing a range of problems that people have sent in, so I put out a thing on Twitter about maybe it was about a month ago now, asking for people's dilemmas, problems. Uh, it didn't necessarily have to be about relationships, but it seems that a lot of them are about relationships. Um, but, you know, we're open to anything. Uh, so we're going to go for a couple each week. Um, and like I said, we always encourage people to get involved via the hashtag blank canvas. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit more about getting involved at the end. So, Ola, we've got some real, we've got some real hard ones today, but hopefully I trust you that you're going to know and you, you're, you're going to be able to give that great advice. I have. I've got the juice. Bring on the You've question. you got the juice. You've got the juice. Okay, so the first one is, um, I regularly check my boyfriend. Well, I assume, I assume this is from a girl, but I, 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 I may be wrong. Um, I regularly check my boyfriend's social media accounts, and I've even got the password to his Instagram and Twitter without him knowing. I've seen a number of messages from the same girl talking about meeting up, and he's responding saying that he will do, but he hasn't yet. I don't know whether to confront him because he'll then know that I've been spying on him. Ola, what's what? Wow, Tell wow. us what to do. Tell us what to do. That's a bit deep. Um, I think with, with any any situation, any relationship, there has to be a certain level of trust. And from hearing that, sounds like from her part, the level of trust is kind of varied. So... Her having to go and snoop all over social media and then finding this is very unhealthy, first of all. And secondly, mm -hmm. I think that she needs to go and have a conversation with him. Just sit him down and say it plain and clear. I've been snooping through your social media. This is what I found. Let's, dis let's discuss it. He is going to get mad and he's going to be upset because you've breached your, that kind of privacy. Um, but I think if you've done something, you definitely have to own up to your truth. You definitely have to own up to what you've been doing and just have an adult conversation about it. Um, that's what I would do. My friends do this as well, which is very, very bad. <laughs> no names, no names, no names. <laughs> no names, but I don't encourage people to do that because then it brings all types of, you know, feelings and thoughts and insecurities into the relationship. So you might as well just be honest up front with your chest. 
finish. Well, also as well, like I said, again, we, we're we always trying to anonymise so we don't know who these people are. But there also might be the element of, the, you know, he may be happy for her to go and kind of look for his stuff, you know. I'm sure, well, we don't know the guy, so you never know, he could be a dirty dog, but he, he, he may not have anything to hide. And, you know, it may be, like I said, if they do have that conversation. Okay, but he says that she's ready and he's meeting, you know, he's setting up meetings and stuff. It could he, be said, he, he said he might, he said he might. He might, okay. It could be innocent, but at the same time, I feel if you're in a relationship um, that you are happy in, then why would you be trying to link up with someone else? Well, true, exactly. If it was innocent, then maybe, well, why is he not talking about it? Yeah. Why, so, is he, why is he not saying this is a person that I'm talking to and la, la, la? Exactly. Unless there's something to hide, which means it's in the DMs. So if it's in the DMs, that means it's not, you know, there's something funny going on there. So I definitely, it, goes down, it goes down in the DMs, yeah? <laughs> You've got it to us, definitely. <laughs> he, um, he, she definitely, he definitely needs to have a conversation because if they're not talking, that leaves room for so many. Because, you know, women, sometimes we... we um we come up with all these stories and scenarios in our head and all of a sudden the story is finished in our head and then in our head whatever reaction comes out is is what we do in real life and <laughs> that's not how it works out kind of kind of like a hypothetical situation kind of yeah it becomes very hypothetical and you know instead of going out there just you know saying it being real with it you're creating all these things and then all these feelings come and then you know everything has gone gone to, to rubbish after that so your advice is be open about it, let them know what you've been doing, and hopefully from that we should get a sort of conversation going about, you know, what's going on and just keeping that transparency. Because, you know, the reality might be that maybe it's not, the relationship's not all that. And But again, you're not going to know that about a conversation, are you? It could be. But the most important, she's obviously going to feel a bit overwhelmed and, you know, standoffish about, you know, what she's been doing. Nobody wants to admit that they've been sneaking around or whatever. But she's going to have to build that strength and be honest. And if she's really into the relationship, she would. If she's not, then maybe she should just bop out. Well, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Like I said, with all advice here, like I said, we don't say this is the right or wrong. This is just our opinions. But that sounds like good advice, kind of being upfront and transparent. So I'm going to hit you with another hard one here. So it is, I have been in a relationship with my fiancé for the past five years, and he's just brought up the topic of having a baby. I've just started a new job, which I'm now really focused on, and I've told this to him. This has made our relationship very frosty, and he feels I am not committed to him. Am I wrong to not compromise, or should I stick to my initial thought? Hola, what should I do? Bit of a delicate one. I definitely think that if you're in a serious relationship, it's been long lasting, five years has gone by, and you haven't had the conversation of children, then you definitely need to sit down and have a conversation about it because obviously both parties have different understandings of what it is that they want in their relationship, especially when it comes down to children. She's just got a new job, so maybe she needs to settle in a new job. He needs to compromise in that kind of aspect, let her settle down have the conversation and think about it. But I definitely think they need to, to talk about what it is that they want from each other because you're about to spend the rest of your life with somebody who potentially may not want to have children, but you, on the other hand, want to have children. So a conversation needs to be there. And she also needs to, I feel, she should compromise as well. Okay, um, in what way? Um, well, he is saying that, you know, he want, they want to have children. And what she's saying that she's just got a job she wants to get, you know, settled in and whatnot. So maybe he would, he should allow her to get settled in and then in turn she should be open to having the conversation and maybe have a compromise, maybe fostering or adoption or, or you know, just, just, just open the forum for conversation because I think it's very important for somebody you're going to spend the rest of your life with and not know what it is that they want inside of that marriage. Yeah, I don't know. I think, again, just reading, like I said, and all we get is kind of a few lines, so it is hard to sort of make that judgment. But for me, it's kind of sounding like it's not like a never. It's kind of just sounding like a not now. Exactly. And, and yeah, maybe that conversation about, you know, maybe when, and looking at those sort of times and dates, maybe that's the conversation again. They need to just be open and have of each other. 
Yeah, so he he can just be like, okay, I'll let you get settled in to your to your job, and then maybe we could have a conversation about children, and then after that compromise, come up with another compromise. You know, when do you think we could start seriously talking about having kids or what it is that you want to do with your life at the moment? It's all about communication and you know being transparent and very much being honest about what it is you want because you don't want to get yourself in a Making situation. Making false promises and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's just, you can't be living a lie like that in a relationship because people's emotions are involved and it's a very serious thing. So you shouldn't play with that. So what we're saying, so we're saying being open, being open, being transparent, but also kind of being able to have a bit of give on each side, a bit of compromising from him and her as well. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the main thing here is, is compromising and having that conversation. I mean, if it comes out of the conversation that they don't, you know, want to have children together, then that's something else. But I definitely think that they should have a conversation and she should be able to compromise as well. Well, again, fingers crossed, like I said, hope you're listening in. Hopefully this is kind of giving you that bit of advice or anyone kind of going through the same problems. Well, Ola, it's been an absolute pleasure. First one done. We can lock it down in the box. Thank you very much. I know we're in, we're in. Um, Like I said, everyone, please get involved. Like I said, the hashtag is blank canvas, or you can email Ola directly at... O-L-A-A-T-M-E at me.com. I'll make sure I stick it all down in the description for anyone that didn't get that. But like I said, please do get involved. I have seen from the, I've probably got about 20 so far. We seem to be very female-based. Let's have some guy problems, you know. We are we are willing to talk about anything. And again, it doesn't have to be about relationships, you know what I mean? We're, we're here to talk about anything. Ola's an expert on everything. <laughs> so we're here to talk about anything, whether it be exams, road life, anything you've got a problem with. Anything, whatever you've got. Whatever you've got, that's what we're here for. So we've come to the end of the show. This is the end of chapter one. Thank you all uh, for taking your time out and listening to this first chapter of Blank Canvas. I really hope you enjoyed it. As always, please give me some feedback. You can catch me on Twitter at NATZ underscore AO. Please use the hashtag Blank Canvas to get involved with any of our segments. Uh, and feel free to hit me up on my email. Email is n-a-t-h-a-n-t-u-f-t at live.com. Okay, until next week for Chapter 2, have a lovely time. Peace be with you. Bless. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to say. This love sweet like tooth decay. I spent it on that godforsaken Monday. I took a break at home and do what my mama say. I'm sitting alone, sipping a latte, heartache every single time I wake up. A girl got me shake up, friend wound her waist up on me. Now I found there's nothing to say.